God. I was really enjoying that nice green chair you put up there, Imani. Uh, thank you, ladies, both of you, for those uh, announcements and uh, exhortations, testimonies. Um, I, as you're turning in your Bible to Isaiah 58, Isaiah 5:8, I do want to again remind of something that Monica just said. Um, I, I will be presenting the uh, Wednesday Night Live sometime in the mid-afternoon, as, as soon as I get it done, and then Scott has the opportunity to post it. And it really would be good if you could listen to it sometime between then and Wednesday when you come to pray. I will still be offering a primer uh, on Wednesday, but we really are entering, we're not entering into anything. We're already in it, uh, an enhanced measure of representing the kingdom. And I love what we're going to be looking at this Wednesday night where we are admonished to execute the judgment of truth and peace in, in the gates. And that is a mouthful, but each one of those terms is is incredibly rich in meaning and that's what we're going to be sharing on the message for this week and that's the mindset scripturally prophetically obediently that we'll have when we come to pray on Wednesday uh, you know we we are really going to be pressed to function in a gates mentality for the kingdom uh, wherever we go in the next calendrical year. And in order for us to really manifest this externally, we have to gird ourselves up for what is our home base. And I know that the Lord has spoken to a number of you over the past many months about reestablishing the gates. In fact, over the past year or so we've been focusing on that just in our intercession and it's been in anticipation of really what god is asking us to do in the time to come but if with that in mind it it truly is uh, a, an ex an exhibition of his authority you know we're here in isaiah 58 in a well-known passage that speaks about fasting and it speaks about uh, so many different, so many different capacities of walking with God that we've studied, that we've taught on, that we've learned in the Word together. But particularly um, in verses eleven and twelve, it states, "The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought, make fat thy bones." Thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. And that last phrase, the restorer of paths to dwell in, is really what the Father has impressed on my heart for us 
on this Communion Sunday. But I did want to preface that by what verse 11 speaks about. And, and there, God is so good at the way he has used the saints over the years, the signs that have been marvelously shown in, in incredible ways. But in themselves, it's, it's been almost as if we've been given piece by piece of demonstrating what God intends to do through us, but in doing so, he has impacted the earth and the world in amazing ways. You know, most recently, as you well know, uh, had the privilege of obeying the Lord and being able to arrange to go out to be with our saints family in Arizona. And I knew that last year was basically a drought out there in the desert, and this year it's been even worse. And, and I've, I've mentioned that, you know, the, the Smiths um, manage as, as many of the things they do, but they manage a, a property for a couple of wonderful older ladies who have a big ranch, and it's been so bad that they've had to be bringing in water and been bringing in very expensive, huge bales of hay just to keep the cattle on that ranch alive. And not only has it been expensive, but it's been quite a bit of work for Jerry and Teresa, if you can imagine, particularly having to navigate those mat. You've seen those things, those massive rolls of, of hay. And so that's not the reason that I went out there. I went out there because God said, you need to go out to Arizona. Well, we believe that God was going to break through. Uh, in this horrific drought condition that's basically gripped all of the northwestern part of our continent. And, um, but particularly, we were targeting a specific area that God was going to work a miracle in. Now, we went out there, out there to pray and to be with the saints and to conduct kingdom business, but a sign was the breaking of this drought. And... Um, I've testified about what happened on the first night uh, when that amazing storm blew in. I mean, that still is a profound thing. But ever since then, it's just been like you know, you're turning Arizona into swamp. I mean, it's just, even today, I was checking, just massive storms. Every day it's been that way. And, um, you know, they've had lots of flooding, which is never fun, but um, you know, in fact, and I, I apologize already for those of you who've tried to get me to stop using this word, but this is a law in Arizona, and it's called this, so I'm just going to say it. Did you know that there's a stupid motorist law in Arizona? That's what it's called, the stupid motorist law. And what it is, is that if you see a sign that says, High water ahead, don't go through. If you go around, you get stuck, and they have to come and get you. You have to pay for that rescue. That's the stupid motorist law. So don't be stupid Texans. Uh, we don't have that law here. 
but they have it there, and they've been applying that a lot over these past many days because of the amount of rain that's been coming. And even the temperature, the high yesterday was like in the low 70s. It's incredible. We're talking about the desert southwest in the summer. And so anybody who thought that, you know, this was just a glitch that happened, I mean, God has specifically touched that state. Now, I know California's still burning and Oregon's burning and, you know, they're going to have to deal with their own issues and raise their own profits up. But God has shown his blessing in Arizona. And, but I've been praying, Father, this is great. I'm glad that uh, the cows will be able to eat and drink and, you know, the water supplies, the aquifers are being refilled, the streams are beginning to flow again. I'm, I'm thankful for that. But there is a spiritual aspect to these signs that God continually gives to us around the world. I mean, how many testimonies have we given about being in various nations and seeing similar things happen? just miraculously happen. And, and I believe that over the, pa- over the next number of weeks, God is going to continue to show us aspects of what is happening in the spirit realm when he decides to bring breakthrough in that way. And how then we are going to be blessed to utilize this for the work of our Father. And that's the key. You know, I'm very grateful that we've been used on many occasions as saints, as intercession to, to show the efficacy of voice thunders, lightnings, and earthquakes, and seeing the restoring of temperature and water. Uh, I'm grateful for that. And that's going to come in really handy in the years to come when God has uh, governments asking us to come because they have no water. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know the first that it'll be, but it's been demonstrated over and over again, and it's through the Father. It's not us. It's through the Father, and it it indicates spiritual condition. But I do want to know, Father, what what is the deeper manifestation that you are are absolutely um, divesting to your sons as we represent your throne in the kingdom? And, and I love this 11th verse where it speaks, God will guide you. God's plan will guide you continually. Your soul, your mind, your emotions, the confidence there are going to be satisfied in drought. Uh, your bones are fat, which means the structure of who you are and the sustenance and the vitality is not waning. Uh, you'll be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Do you think God's serious about that kind of thing? Well, of course he is. And the the demonstration of the natural is indicative of how this restoration is going to be happening in people's lives and in in the, the scenarios of who individuals are, who nations are, all for the purpose of showcasing our Father. But then verse 12, uh, which speaks about those that be of you will build the old waste places, raising up the foundation of many generations. We We are really being invested 
into what God ordained from the foundation of the world and what he intends to do through his people in partnership with him while we walk on this earth. And that really is our privilege. But then we come to the end of this 12th verse. You shall be called. Now, we remember this term, kara, because we've studied it over and over again. And it indicates two things. Number one, remember, this is the partridge story. We, we are going to help people in nests and in positions that really weren't ours. But we're going at the, be, at the behest of our Father to stand with them so that they can see their heritage. They can see the heritage of the Lord fulfilled where they are. And so we go to sit on the nest with them. We go to see the hand of God through instruction, through pattern, through coming together as partners for individuals to, to really partner with the Lord themselves to see the visitation of the kingdom where they are. So you shall be called that. So first it's an operative depiction, but it's also something that people will see and say, that's what they do. You know, if you're called something, you could be named something all day long, but if you're called something, that means that you're actually doing it, and people are observing it. And we know the difference, don't we, between those who are called something who don't do any, named something who don't really fulfill their name, but called something, you know, I'm calling you this, that means you're doing something. That means that you're manifesting something. And this is what God says, they shall be called two things. First of all, the repairer of the breach. It's our old friend Peretz. That they're finally, those that are called by God are now going to stand in the gap, which is what Peretz is. God searches for people who will do that. And we're going to be somewhat, I don't want to say midwives, but we're going to be representatives from the kingdom that can go and ignite that passion through the power of the Spirit and God's timing within an indigenous people, within those who are hungry, that are looking for an answer, who say, you know, we've heard of you. Let us be called by the name that you're ministering in. And let us worship the, the, the God who loves us with you. Teach us how to do that. As the Apostle Paul with the Macedonia, Macedonian vision at night, come over and teach us how to cry unto the Heavenly Father. And this is, this is what God wants us to be known as in a bigger way than we have to this point. See, you're faithful. God, God is incrementally uh, partnering with us. You're faithful in the small things. He makes you ruler over the next. You do something with the talents he invests, you, invests into you, and then he gives you more authority, Jesus said, over cities. These are all kingdom words. It's hard. It is really hard to ignore when Jesus teaches on this. You can, you can Ricky Ricardo, explain it away, but you cannot. Am I still allowed to say that? I guess so, since I've got a royal in my family now. You know, I can say that, you know, those Spanish Hispanicisms. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, the thing is, is that this is really what 
God's been using us in, and uh, it's, it's going to ex exponentially grow and develop now by the kingdom. And, and that's going to be uh, the, the demonstration of the miraculous, not just on a regional scale in the natural, but spiritually, M miracles in, in bodies, miracles in provision, miracles in a lot of different ways that then will immediately be directed to the Father. And, and, and hopefully then that imprints upon people the desire that they should have to stand on behalf of the kingdom where God has planted them. So to be called to have that kara uh, assignment of training people in the Peretz, where they should be standing. The Father is searching for them to stand in that gap and make up that hedge. That's what that breach is. But then this, which I've heard twice in the middle of the night in the past two day, two evenings, the uh, also called the restorer of paths to dwell in. A restore here is a word shub, which is truly the Old Testament version of metanoia, which is what John the Baptist called people to repent, to do a 180. You know, I remember when I was in Bible college, sometimes, I don't know what it was, the guys from Louisiana, but they, they kind of would sometimes, not everybody from Louisiana, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but we had some guys from Louisiana that would kind of get tricked up numerically. Maybe they had problems with math when they were in grade school and they didn't get help. I remember one kid, I uh, traveled with him, and he one time was giving the altar appeal, and he said, and the Lord said three words, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I think you just blew your altar call, because any math teacher is saying, oh, let's see, three words, in the name of Jesus. I, it just just kind of blew it. Um, but, you know, it, it it's kind of funny, because metanoia sometimes i heard another kid and he was from louisiana too he says you know what metanoia is it's made it means to make a 360 turn well you don't want to make a 360 turn because you're back where you were going you, you're you haven't changed at all you just did a you just did a spin so <laughs> metanoia is is a 180 where you turn and what do you go for? What God has called you to be and what God has asked you to do. So you're a restorer of two things. Number one is paths. This is kind of an interesting word because it, it has more to do, if you, if you study it out, with something that is really a beaten path something that maybe has gotten hardened and it's kind of a you've been you've been on it so long that you've forgotten really what it's for you know you you uh, maybe maybe it's something that was laid out and at one point was shown to be a vital path but now it's just you know it's just just a dirt trail you know maybe at one point it was a pioneering road but now it's a it's nothing and I, I feel like that's one of the things God is wanting to do, particularly with uh, people who were in 
Pentecostal movements who have either lost their vitality or maybe they even doubt what the movement was originally intended to be. And, you know, there are a lot of facets of this path. But the main thing is, is not so much a pioneering into the new in this one phrase. It's a discovery of the vitality and meaning of really why you're there. And then you add to it that you're restoring the dwelling, which has to do with authority. It has to do with representing. And, and it's interesting because this word was used two, two primary ways in the Old Testament. One was if a king would establish um, an authority base in a certain place. And the other, amazingly, was had to do with Beelzebub or Baal, when Baal would gain authority. Isn't that interesting? So to, to dwell there in the Old Testament primarily would speak about either you establishing a kingly authority on behalf of the kingdom or Baal or Beelzebub establishing a demonic measure of control over that region. And I, I believe that this 58th chapter of Isaiah is, is giving us a roadmap here in this one verse that we are called to, to pattern for people and to impart to people an anointing to stand in their gap. But secondly, that they would turn from whatever nonsense they may be in. And people can get prone to do nonsensical things, can't they? I know I have in my past, and I bet some of you have. Maybe not all of you, because some of you are real pure. But I think that we can get off track real easy. And just like John the Baptist who said, repent, the kingdom is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. This is a word for us that we are to be a people who say, turn. And what do you do when you turn? You stand in your gap that God has called you to, and you then bring about that measure of re reinvigorating why God has you there, and what he wants to do in commerce and coming and going, vitality and dunamis power. And that then through that, you would establish the kingdom and not allow the enemy to be uh, controlling the deposits of the glory and the histeme deposits that God put there for his kingdom for the benefit of a partnership with you and with me. This is a vital, vital thing. And, and I, I feel that as we are here on this last Sunday of the seventh month and what we're going to be functioning in regarding the gates in the week to come. And as we prepare ourselves for uh, what is going to be this great in-gathering of our Saints Network in September entitled The Feast, God is, God is wanting to empower all of us with an expectancy 
of something beyond what we've known. Yes, we're utilizing, we're building on the foundation of, of what he's established, the lines upon the lines of understanding and partnership with him. But that precept of, of promotion in God, you know, see, so many of the things we're talking about, we've been trained in, in the Word of God and in partnership. These are not new terms. Maybe we need to re reinvest ourselves in remembering what they mean, but these aren't new terms. But with God coming in saying, okay, here's what I'm doing through them, and this is a rhema for you. Get ready. Be ready. This is an exciting moment. We are at the, at, on the precipice of breakthrough. We're already seeing it. And, and I, I believe, and then, of course, you know, you don't want to shortchange the rest of this, but what's God say? What's this 13th verse about? This isn't a legalistic view of the Sabbath. This is God calling us back into that seventh day of sonship, of remembering what it is that he has done to this point among us with an eye toward looking into the new. That's what the Sabbath is all about. We weren't made to follow a bunch of legalistic Sabbath rules. <laughs> Remember, Jesus said something about that. God made the Sabbath for us so that we would know him, that we would walk with him in a Sabbath reality to where we would be like our Father, where we reflect back on what got us to this point, and we rejoice in the miracles and the victories, but then we're looking ahead toward the new in Him. That's what this 13th verse is. And then, if you do these things, you delight yourself in God's plan. I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken it. What a privilege it is for us to walk with our father in this way. And again, we are, we are seeing miracles among us. I mean, every day, I'm telling you, every day, I, I'm just tattling on myself. But every day, I, I look, I pull up the radar of uh, Arizona, and I see those clouds, those storms just moving through every day, including this morning. And every day when I do it, I have my radar uh, on my, uh, uh, the radar app, and I, I declare blessing over the saints there. I declare blessing over the countless hundreds of hours that have been invested on the face praying, the saints praying, welcoming the kingdom of God. And, you know, I, I've even been speaking blessing over New Mexico, you know, and, and the stewards are going to be going out there. And we, we bless Tammy's family, her sister particularly, and, and all of the, uh, the extended family. We believe God's raising up a mighty army there in, in New Mexico as well. But God is doing incredible things. You know, this coming Saturday, we're going to have uh, several hours of teaching into the church in Sao Paulo, and then, and then uh, see what God's going to do. There's a great hunger there. In, I, I just go on and on. But this is your ministry. This is our calling to the ends of the earth. And we're seeing our Father move in ways that are... <laughs> It's really hard to deny. Even if you try, it's hard to deny. I mean, 
I'm telling you, God is, God is so good. But I speak blessing over this house and over the houses of the saints around the world. I speak blessing. You know, if you just look back, Kelly kind of went through a testimony of how God's been moving in, in the family, in their household. But if you just look back over the past year and a half to two years of what God's done in the corporate body here, the things that one after another, God said, do this, and boom, a miracle hits. And do this, and this is in position. And do this, because I need this for the kingdom. You speak this, and it'll be. And it's been happening over and over again. And if we're not aware by looking at that, that God is serious about what we're doing on his behalf and what he's doing in us, and, and God is doing it for a reason. Something mighty is about to burst forth onto the scene. And God has been meticulously bringing us step by step to this reality. And this week is a walk through this, uh, the end of this seventh month. You know, we've said this over and over again. We have never celebrated this seventh month in the way that God has asked us to in, in the, what we're doing this month. And it's exciting. It's, it's such an exciting thing. But I proclaim as we are preparing ourselves here in this house to come before the table of communion, I proclaim over each one of you a measure of invigoration for the calling God has given you. And, and I, I ask that, that this scripture would be as a rhema in your heart, that that calling that he's given you to lay yourself down in order for others to come into a kingdom reality, that that would be mightily rewarded in your life and that it would be invigorated. That burning desire to fulfill that would be stirred up within you as a grace within you. And that the, the, the whole covenant of standing in the Peretz in this house, uh, standing faithfully in this gap for whatever... God wants to do through it for our country and for the nations. We, we, we re-up for that, Father. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to, to do this. Uh, but it's, there's going to be a heightened measure of it. And, it, and is that, uh, I think one of the reasons we're focusing on the gates this week and what's many have been praying about this for months and months and months. And, and, but it's the timing of the Lord. I believe that God is going to be investing in us a heightened measure of what this gap represents in the kingdom. And, and I'm blessed by that because there is, a, there is a, an exponential flow that goes out from this to all the places where God has aligned us. And, um, and I bless those dear folks, too, for the tributaries of his kingdom that are existent where they're established. But this may this be uh, re, re uh, I always said invigorated over and over again already. I'm, I'm searching the thesaurus of my heart. But may it be, may it be absolutely, may you be, I'll borrow Sonder word, may you be inundated by this. And may it pour forth in your life.
a restorer of paths to dwell in. May this be a burning zeal within each of us. The nations are hungry. God has created people with a strong desire for what you and I have been given. And may we, may the paths that are old for us never become dull. May these paths of kingdom reality be ever as vibrant as the first day we knew that God was igniting them. This is the Father's business. And so I ask that in just a moment when we come to share the communion elements, that the Father would especially commune with you as you partake of the bread, and that, that you would be firmly reminded of your place as the body of Christ and our responsibility for the body of Christ in the places that God is sending us. And, and I also ask that the sprinkling of the blood, all the measures of the efficacy of the blood of Jesus would be in your life in abundance, but that the sprinkling of the blood would touch the places that God is using in you right now, the places that he is wanting to awaken according to this eternal plan and how he created you. But the sprinkling of the blood would also be upon those places that you have been being given a responsibility for. And that's the beauty of the table of the Lord. It's a table of grace. It's a table of, of his purpose, which is why it's a Eucharist. And may the good grace of God overflow us today. And we speak blessing over all of our Saints Network family. And we, we speak blessing over the places that you have been assigned to stand. And we ask that the major, the major outpouring that God has ordained for your life would begin to pour out upon you and that you will utilize them in a way that would be pleasing to the Father. So, Father, I thank you for this unique word today that we're being called the restorer of paths to dwell in for you as we stand in the gap that you have placed us in. I speak blessing over the saints and over what's ahead. And I ask you, Father, that you would restore today. <sighs> Bring about a touch in our physical bodies. Bring about a touch in every part of our physical reality. And may kingdom reality overcome those things that we have been facing in our physical lives. But invigorate us, there's that word again, with your spirit. And let us be those sons and daughters that you've created us to be. And may we be pleasing in your sight. Bless now as we partake of Holy Communion in this house and wherever your saints may be enjoying it. We speak a blessing over this beautiful array of cups that 
have the, the fruit of the vine that represent your blood and made that blood, I don't want to get too ecclesiastical here, as we partake of this, when Jesus said, this is my blood, may, may we, when we ingest this, Father, may your blood, the power of your blood begin to move through us in whatever way you need for it to be because it is your blood when we accept and believe. We bless this cracker, this bread. May we be pure before you and we, may we be your body in the places that you need for us to represent your throne as anointed sons. Thank you for this, Father. So we speak blessing over this. And mostly, Father, I end by just thanking you. I thank you, Father. Thank you for allowing us to know you. Thank you for being able to experience your love, to walk in that love. Thank you for the way that you take care of us. Thank you for the way that you have led us. And thank you for allowing us the privilege of continuing to walk with you. All these things, we're so grateful. We come to your table of grace now, knowing that Jesus is here. Let us fellowship with you. And we thank you for it in his wonderful name. Amen. Amen. All right. May God bless you. Let's come and um, let's keep walking in him.